calling the meeting to order at 631. Um, please say your name when, please say here when I call your name. Commissioner Gabby. Got it, Gabby's here. Uh, Commissioner MJ. Here. Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Michelle. Here. Commissioner Jonathan. Here. Parks and Community Director Lynn. Uh, Human Services Manager Jen Boone. Here. Human Services Commissioner, uh, excuse, excuse me, uh, Human Services Coordinator Annie. Here. Youth Services Coordinator Reggie. Here. And Human Services Coordinator Amanda Judd. Here. Awesome. Jonathan will read the land acknowledgement tonight. We acknowledge that the Southern Salish Sea region lies on the unceded and ancestral land of the Coast Salish peoples, the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, Snohomish, Suquamish, and Tuolup tribes, and other tribes of the Puget Sound Salish people, and that the present-day city of Kirkland is in the traditional heartland of the lake people and the river people. We honor with gratitude the land itself, the first people, who have reserved treaty rights and continue to live here since time immemorial and their ancestral heritage. Well done. Who would like to read the land acknowledgement for our next meeting in 2023? I can do it. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, is there a motion to approve the November 22nd, 2022 meeting minutes? So moved. Do I hear a second? Seconded. All approved say aye or wave your hand up by the work. Aye. Aye. Uh, uh, those that say no, uh, say no. And uh, if you abstain, uh, Please say you abstained. All right, it, motion passes. Uh, Reggie, are there any guests here tonight? There are none. Gotcha. Uh, tonight we have city staff to walk us through the CATA proposals and collect feedback from the commission about proposed levels of service. I'm going to pass it over to Jen to kick us off and do introductions. Thanks, Jory. I do see Gildas came in, I awesome. think, when Jonathan was reading the land acknowledgement. So before we jump in tonight, um, we'll do some introductions because there is a new face joining us tonight from the Parks Department. Some of you may know her, but wanted to allow her to introduce herself because she has been a huge part of the city's proposal and also leading the review process for the external proposals. So I'm gonna pass it over to Sarah to do a brief introduction before we jump into the presentation. Thanks, Jen, and hello, everyone. It's really nice to meet you all, and I'm 
glad to be here tonight to chat about KTUB proposals and really appreciate you all being willing to get together for a special meeting in December. I know you have been meeting a ton this year with all of your uh, grant review process, so thank you. Um, my name is Sarah Schellenberger. I work in Parks and Community Services as the Recreation Manager, so I oversee our department's Recreation Division, Recreation Programs, and our Community Center. Um, and I've been with the city for going on four years and in this role for about two years. And yeah, as Jen said, um, she and I have really been tag teaming the, the KTUB process, putting together the city's proposal um, and working really closely together on the external review. So we're excited to, to share about where all that's at with you tonight. Thanks, Sarah. All righty. And as you all know, I've been having a lot of issues with my screen sharing. So let me know if you can't see it. It's um, flipped. It's flipped. It's in the um, presenting mode. Mm -hmm. No, I know. I... Oh, okay. Better. There you go. That work? All righty. So we are going to jump in. I know that we did share the two external proposals with you in advance. So hopefully folks had a chance to review the top selected proposals from Boys and Girls Club, as well as the YMCA. We'll also be discussing a little bit more details about the city's proposal. Um, we do not have a fully fleshed out proposal. It is very much still in the works. So some of the discussion points that we want you to kind of hold as we are going through fairly high level overview of the three proposals are these questions. So we'll have these at the end, but these are some of the things we want you to be thinking about as we are going through the two external proposals and the current draft for the city's proposal. We are gonna ask that if you have questions, if you can just hold on to them um, at the end and we can always circle back to a specific slide if you have a question about that. And I know we received some questions in advance as well so we can start with those first once we're done with the presentation. I'm going to kick it off to Sarah. All right, so we wanted to review where we're at in the process. So in September, the RFP window closed and there were five organizations that submitted proposals to operate KTUB. Um, those came in from Studio East, which is a nonprofit that serves you through performing arts um, classes and camps and workshops and performances. Another one came from the Kirkland Academy of Music and Performance, and they go by Camp Music, another nonprofit that specializes in music and performance programming for all ages. Washington Autism Alliance submitted a proposal. They are a grassroots organization um, focused on improving quality of life for people with an intellectual or developmental disorder, including autism spectrum disorder. And their proposal uh, was to operate an inclusion center at KTUB, um, both for people with disabilities and without disabilities. Um, and then a proposal came in from the YMCA nonprofit who uh, provides a broad range of programs and services for all ages, uh, focus on equity and youth development, healthy living, um, social responsibility. And then Boys and Girls Club, a nonprofit that serves youth um, through a club experience to be good citizens and lead healthy, productive lives. 
And an evaluation team that was made up of city staff evaluated each proposal that was based on criteria outlined in the RFP, which I think maybe you saw in October. Um, but the criteria included things like their organizational history, operational plan, uh, the depth and breadth of programs and services proposed, their alignment with the city's vision for KTUB and the city's goals. Um, as well as proposed community relationships and DEIB strategies. And so after careful evaluation, the YMC and the Boys and Girls Club um, were invited to participate in interviews to further discuss their proposals and vision for KTUB. And so those were um, have been completed over the past three or four weeks now at this point. Um, and uh, hopefully you've had a chance to read their proposals tonight. We're gonna share with you kind of a, a level of service comparison between the two um, alongside the city's model to operate KTUB. And we wanna hear, hear your feedback on that comparison and specifically what programs and services should be prioritized and what you would reduce or remove in order to prioritize the most critical services. Okay, so before we jump into the service level comparisons, we want to provide just a brief overview of the Boys and Girls Club and the why. I know many of you are familiar with these organizations, but in case you have more limited knowledge, wanted to make sure everyone's operating from a shared understanding. So Boys and Girls Club does have a fairly long history with the city. They do currently operate a club in Kirkland up on 124th, and they do receive city funding on behalf of this group. So um, they did submit an additional proposal this past year um, for expanded behavioral health services on site in partnership with YES. So if that's ringing a bell amidst all the applications you reviewed, this is the same organization. So as mentioned, they've been around for a really long time. They are a national organization, so they've been providing services to young folks just over 75 years. And right now they serve about a thousand youth annually. So that is a wider range than what would be served at KTAB, which we'll get into um, a bit later in the presentation. But right now their current club supports um, ages 5 to 18. Some of the programs and services that they focus on that Sarah briefly mentioned are character and leadership. They also have sports and recreation activities, educational programs, programs that spark arts and creativity. And then they also have a focus on health and wellness. And I think you probably saw this shine through in their proposal. There's a pretty big tie that they've connected with youth development and mental health support, which is an evolution of their service model that they've operated given the need that they're seeing with the youth that they're serving. So what you saw in their proposal, and again, we'll go into this in much more detail in a few slides, is weekday drop-in programming, so after-school programs that youth are able to drop in based on interests, so they'll vary in type of program and service offered. They are also looking at events Friday evenings, so those would be more social in nature to really foster social connections among, among youth and teens. During the summer, they're looking at providing all-day camps, so nine to four for the most part, being able to support youth that are currently not in school. And then they are, um, as I mentioned, looking at expanding behavioral health service offerings, so being able to have staff with that background and expertise on site at KTUB. 
So the YMCA is similar to the Boys and Girls Club in that they have a long organizational history. They are also a national organization. Um, they are membership-based and they primarily operate recreation centers. But again, given kind of the shift in the needs of youth over the last few decades, they have expanded their model to include a social services component, which they had a pretty large focus on in their proposal, as I'm sure you read. Um, and with that, there's a pretty significant focus on social justice and equity for the why. Their proposal, um, actually, sorry, let me back up. Um, kind of looking at numbers compared to the Boys and Girls Club, they actually serve about the same amount, so about a thousand youth annually. And when they did operate KTEB um, from the 10-year span from 2010 to 2020, they were seeing about 14,000 site visits a year. So those are similar numbers to what they anticipate um, if they were um, invited to occupy the space again. Their proposal looks very similar to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, they're offering similar drop-in programming options during the week, as well as on Saturdays. They're also looking at a very similar model for the summertime. So being able to offer kind of those all day long camps of different offerings that kind of vary in social service and then more rec focused. And then one of the things that I think stands out from the WISE proposal is um, their focus on the social impact center, um, which talks about the different uh, services and being able to focus on youth that have experienced significant amounts of trauma based on different systems they're most likely connected with and have had to work through. So whether that's housing instability and homelessness, maybe the foster care system, maybe the justice system, being able to provide those services supplemented with their programming to provide more holistic support to higher risk youth. And we know that you know us, but we want to take a moment to highlight the city's unique combination of recreational programming and human services expertise when it comes to putting the city's operating model um, forward as a proposal. So um, our recreation division operates the two community centers in Kirkland and provides comprehensive uh, recreational programs for all ages. And human services division, as you all are well aware, coordinates and funds uh, support systems to connect people in Kirkland with critical human services. So we have a good understanding of the community's recreational needs, including teens' recreational needs, and we have a good understanding of the community's human services needs, including teens, again. Um, and rooted in the Parks and Community Services mission is supporting a healthy and sustainable community and really enhancing quality of life through services and programs. Um, so, so with this in-house expertise, uh, Jen and Reggie and I and additional staff from the department have been developing the city's model uh, to operate KTUB. And as Jen mentioned, you'll notice we didn't include our written proposal with the agenda materials. There's still some, some details that we're working out, um, but we know what we um, envision if the city were to operate KTUB. And so that's what we're going to be kind of talking through tonight. Um, but the city's proposal Overview looks very similar to the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCAs. Uh, we're also proposing weekday drop-in programs, as well as late night teen events on Fridays and Saturdays with supplemental uh, recreational programs during the week and on weekends, as well as a summer camp. And we're also proposing having behavioral health staff on site and an art therapy program. So those are some of the things we're gonna chat more about later tonight. 
So after school drop-in programs, this is, we're going to get into the comparison. We're going to throw a lot of information at you at once. So, so bear with us and we'll have some time to chat through all of this towards the end. Um, for Boys and Girls Club after school drop-in activities, these would be offered on weekdays. Um, youth would be welcomed, they'd get a snack, um, they would have different rotating activities each hour that youth could participate in, and these might include um, games like foosball or playing cards, homework help, um, doing a self-guided art project, yoga, dance, um, or participating in a youth force program which focuses on life skills like financial literacy and career and college prep. Um, they also discussed STEM programs like coding and then programs driven by youth interest. They mentioned podcasting, um, music lessons and lyricism. And then Boys and Girls Club also talked about having time to connect with families at the end of the day during pickup in their proposal. And then on Fridays, um, they would have teen events that would be open to non-club members as a way to get more youth um, aware of their program and engaged perhaps as club members. For the YMCA, um, their drop-in activities would also be offered on weekdays and then uh, on Saturday afternoons. Um, they also include a welcome and a snack, um, games like pool, homework help, um, recreation and arts programs, and then rotating activities and workshops on the Saturdays that I'll um, chat a little bit about on the next slide. And on Friday evenings, they would do events with food and music and various recreational activities. For the city, again, looking at drop-in activities offered on weekdays after school, um, we would also have a welcome with a snack available games like um, ping pong, board games, social games to focus on socialization, um, homework help, and a technology lab that would include charging stations and laptops available for checkout and printer access for youth. Um, art and music programs that Jen will talk more about, these would be provided by a partnering uh, service provider. Life skills workshops on topics like financial literacy, um, life after high school workshops to focus on college and career and service opportunities, um, mental health supportive activities. These could be mindfulness or stress management workshops, um, yoga, sports, dance, kind of a variety of activities to support physical health. And then um, Fridays and Saturdays would be late night teen events. These would include things like youth concerts and other performances, movie showings, game nights, tournaments, dances, pool parties, food, fun stuff to um, get youth engaged, focus on social skills and um, kind of some more structured activities. And then supplemental programs. So these in general, they um, mostly specialized programs that might be available during drop-in timeframes for each of the organizations or maybe on the weekends or outside of those drop-in hours, maybe an evening program, for example. So Boys and Girls Club, um, building character and leadership is very important to their mission. So they have clubs that are dedicated to that, to leadership development um, and contributing to the community and the club, um, gaining skills in planning and decision-making. And then one of those clubs is focused on service opportunities um, and service projects. That's particularly for middle schoolers. They have uh, sport and recreation programs that are focused on physical health and wellness. They have academic um, programs to support educational success. 
This includes homework help and then a computer coding program. And they have um, several supplemental art programs, such as photography, music making, and they discussed a fine art exhibit. Um, health and wellness programs to support healthy habits and workforce readiness to explore interests, develop skills um, that will help them succeed as adults. And they have a rainbow club as well, which is their LGBTQ plus club for youth. The YMCA, um, they have rotating programs on Saturday. So there's four that they discussed. One is a job club where volunteers help with resume development and mock interviews. Um, another is mental health workshops. These would be on various topics. They mentioned suicide prevention as one possible topic. Uh, equity and justice, youth-led activities and speakers is another rotating Saturday program along with field trips to arts events and sporting events. They talked about bringing youth to um, Lumen Field, I think as part of this, this one as well, to connect with um, sports with social justice. And then they have additional programs that they would provide biweekly or as needed for individualized support. Um, these would be for youth experiencing homelessness, youth who are involved in first-time offenses, um, youth who are in foster care, youth interested in job training, and they mentioned specifically a barista and customer service training program, uh, youth who've experienced school discipline. An idea they had was to have youth spend their suspension at KTUB where they have um, a place to be that's not home alone. They have support people around them. And then youth from um, BIPOC and LGBTQ plus communities. And then the city supplemental programs, uh, we would like to offer outdoor recreation trips. These include um, hiking, river floating, kayak tours, and winter activities all really focused on providing safe, welcoming, inclusive outdoor experiences, especially for those who may not have access to outdoor recreation experiences or equipment or may not feel comfortable in outdoor recreation spaces. These are programs that we piloted this last summer um, and plan to continue if we get KTUB or not. <laughs> um, field trips is another one. Um, these would be to destinations where there is events going on, sporting or music events, um, tours, farm tours was something that youth have mentioned in the past being interested in, museums, etc. cetera, um, outdoor yoga, a sports league sampler to allow youth to socialize and play in a variety of different sports. Uh, cooking classes is another one that we've heard interest in and, and started implementing this year. Um, art classes, including some workshops that we hope to continue offering in partnership with the Kirkland Art Center. And then um, workshops on life after high school. These would be on financial literacy, job skills, employment preparedness, navigating you know, job applications, writing a resume, practicing interview skills, that kind of thing. Uh, first aid and CPR training, affinity clubs, and we would want that to be driven by youth interest and youth voice and then a paid high school um, internship program where youth would gain job experience, training, and build skills while supporting some of these programs themselves. 
And then summer program. So Boys and Girls Club is interested in offering a summer camp out of KTUB with activities largely matching their core program areas, uh, character development, leadership, academic success, health and wellness. Um, and they also have a summer brain gain, which is aimed at preventing summer learning loss. The um, YMCA has a Y Scholars program. This is a six-week program also to uh, prevent summer learning loss. And it's based in other areas in greater Seattle, but this would be available to youth who attend KTUB. And a big component of this program is the Shark Tank business competition where teams develop a product or service and pitch it to their peers and investors and compete for investment dollars. Uh, Level Up is an annual event that the Y would bring to KTUB. It's a resource fair, job fair, education fair with workshops. Um, and then they are also proposing day camp and outdoor leadership development. Um, their middle school camp would operate out of KTUB and other camps would be available to um, youth at KTUB, but would take place elsewhere. And then the city is also planning leadership and adventure day camps for middle and high school age youth. Um, these would include a mix of field trips to outside locations and activities that would happen in or around KTUB and our park system. All right, so I'm going to touch on some of the proposed social services from the two external proposals and then touch on about what the city is looking at doing. So for Boys and Girls Club, as I mentioned, they've expanded their service offerings, recognizing that in the past staff have uplifted that in light of the pandemic and even before then there's a huge need for being able to provide accessible drop-in services for youth to access behavioral health services. So whether that's more routine through one-on-one -on -one counseling or in a time of crisis, having someone available for a teen to connect with is a really critical part of their service and supporting teens. So they are um, proposing as part of their drop-in hours, so kind of that three to seven time frame, having a behavioral health specialist on site available for youth. Um, they are also looking at being able to have that person available for youth that maybe are not enrolled in school and need somewhere to go or someone to connect with or learn about resources during the day. So some of the specific youth that they called out are youth who are experiencing housing instability or homelessness, youth that maybe are in foster care, um, perhaps they're homeschooled, what have you, for whatever reason, maybe they just moved, they're not in school. Being able to provide a space for them to access that resource during the day is just as important as during those drop-in hours. One of the things um, that, as you might remember from the applications earlier this year, is Boys and Girls Club proposed a partnership with Youth Eastside Services to bring on a part-time um, mental health clinician at their current site. And when we asked them how they envisioned this position um, at KTUB, if they were invited to operate, they actually said they would be able to provide a full-time staff member given leveraging of additional funding. So that um, support position would most likely be a YES staff person, um, which is another agency that y'all are familiar with. 
In regards to the YMCA, um, they have fairly similar focus in the mental health area. Again, kind of going back to their social impact center, which is really the social services arm of the Y. So again, being able to kind of interlace the different rec and social programs they have with that social services component. They are really focusing on kind of higher risk youth. So again, youth and young adults who have maybe experienced housing instability of some form, they're enrolled in foster care. So, you know, not really sure kind of what um, kind of the support looks like at home. Perhaps they have um, dealt with poverty, um, which can lead to a lot of instability. Some of the other areas that they called out were um, youth that maybe have been involved in exploitation, youth that have experienced racism, and then those who um, have maybe had some sort of first-time offense or have touched the justice system. So one of the areas that their social impact center touches on is behavioral health services. So they do plan on having staff on site that can, again, similar to the Boys and Girls Club, be able to provide that one-on-one -on -one counseling support, whether that's in the short term or the long term, being able to support youth who might be experiencing a crisis, and then hosting workshops that are available for youth and potential um, parents or other providers to be able to increase awareness and being able to connect youth with the services and resources that they need. So the cities, again, looks very similar to the Boys and Girls Club and the Y. So we are looking at partnering with Youth Eastside Services to have a full-time mental health clinician available for drop-in mental health services, as well as being able to provide longer-term treatment um, for folks after that initial touch point. When we talked to Youth Eastside Services, one of the things they talked about is given the huge increase in demand for mental health services for youth, right now a lot of youth have to be put on a waiting list or if they receive a referral, they may not necessarily be able to access that resource as quickly as they need it. And so um, YES is proposing having that available, recognizing that kind of that gap right now that we're seeing across the board is really problematic. And so, again, this position would be able to support kind of during that drop-in time as well as during the off hours. So, again, for youth that maybe are not enrolled in school. One of the areas of focus that Youth Eastside Services currently has in the programs that they're offering that we would also see at KTAB is they have specific outreach models and staff that work with BIPOC communities um, and other at-risk youth. So specifically Black and African-American youth as well as Latinx youth. So those are both programs that the city funds and they have staff that um, are already in place and could support this position. The other partnership that we're looking at is with For Tomorrow, who you're also familiar with. So they are an organization that is fairly newer to Kirkland, but has done a tremendous amount of work and partnered with the city over the last few years in light of the pandemic. And they primarily serve Latinx youth and their families. So one of the areas that we didn't really see through the human services grant funding applications is they do have a pretty significant focus on youth. And so being able to have for tomorrow staff be able to provide 
um, as Sarah mentioned earlier, art therapy and other creative ways of connecting youth with mental health, um, whether that's through specific gap therapy or being able to leverage art and other kind of creative outlets to connect youth um, with those different resources. They also talked about different ways to empower youth and their peers to support one another through education and trainings, as well as being able to come together in different support groups. They also touched on kind of the more holistic approach of being able to connect with and support families in order to support youth. So they talked about some trainings and support groups for parents and um, guardians of youth as well. And one of the things that both of these agencies are able to offer are services that are both bilingual and bicultural, which is something that we want to be a priority at KTUB. All right, so for financial accessibility, the Boys and Girls Club is proposing a $50 a year membership. They are a membership um, based organization, and they're also interested in providing transportation from Juanita High School and several local middle schools to KTUB. And for that, they're uh, looking at a $75 a month transportation fee. And then their summer camps um, would have a fee associated with them as well. Um, they were very clear in their proposal proposal and in their interviews that they they don't want fees to be a financial barrier to participation. So they have a robust scholarship program um, and they also cover 100% of fees for any youth who are experiencing housing instability or homelessness. For the YMCA, they are not proposing any program fees. Everything would be available um, to youth at no charge, except for their summer camps. Those would have a fee associated with them, um, kind of varying depending on what the program is and the length and um, topic and things like that. Uh, for the city's um, financial access, we would not have any fees for drop-in programs and teen nights. Um, supplemental programs will vary. Some of these will have fees like our existing recreation programs do, but some will be provided at low or no cost. We also have a scholarship program to help families with low income cover the costs of program fees, and this would be available for all teen programs. However, we recognize that not all teens have uh, support in navigating a scholarship application and the required documents that go with that. And we want to reduce financial barriers as much as we can. Um, so we're also planning to leverage sponsorships and donations to lower our, our fee costs. Um, and we're also looking at implementing um, sliding scale fee structures or a pay what you can fee model so that families who can cover um, more than their, their share can do that and allow other youth to attend at uh, no or low cost. Okay, so I know this was outlined in the two external proposals, and you also have seen this on some of the reporting for some of the agencies that you fund, but just to briefly touch on the proposed impact and also previous history if they do have experience with the space or a similar model. So with the Boys and Girls Club, they touched on kind of average daily attendance at their clubs um, across the greater metro area, as well as um, general club members, again, across the larger area. They did specifically um, 
touch on their um, current club, um, which serves about 150 members a year. And again, that number does include um, kind of elementary school age children. So we would anticipate um, a slightly smaller number to begin with if they did transition over to KTUB. One of the things that they did touch on when we interviewed them is their plan to use the existing club as essentially a pipeline in being able to connect with uh, children um, that are more elementary school kind of fit that earlier age model of the existing club and being able to use that as a pipeline and have KTUB be a specific space for just teens. So we would anticipate the number of teens served to grow. And one of the things that they said um, that they've learned in talking with different teens, in particular those that might have younger siblings, is the importance of having a space that is specifically for teens. Um, feels like teens, they can connect on similar issues. And um, they talked about kind of having the independence of being in a space that maybe isn't shared with a lower age group. And so um, their kind of proposal to create that pipeline is something that I think is really exciting to allow them to expand their overall impact for Kirkland and the greater area. For the YMCA, um, they were able to share their most recent data when they were still operating KTUB. So as mentioned, they served just over a thousand youth um, the last year that they were fully operational at the site. Um, and on average, they had about 52 visits a day. And they do envision um, if they were invited back to this space to return to pretty similar levels at KTUB. One of the areas that they did touch on that is a little bit more recent in their data is the number of Kirkland residents that are served through their social impact center programs um, this past year. And that number is reflected there on the screen of 81. For the city's proposal, it's broken up um, kind of between the recreation programs and then the social service programs that we're proposing. So in the piloted rec programs that Sarah touched on earlier, there were 237 teens that were served this past year, which is really exciting. So using that and then some of our numbers and connecting with youth Eastside services for tomorrow and then um, internal data that we have here, these are some of the estimates that we envision for KTUB. So you can see we looked at program registrations, how many drop-in visits we anticipate, how many unduplicated youth that would receive behavioral health services, um, how many youth would participate um, in different mental health sessions, one-on-one -on -one hours of therapy, and then kind of towards the bottom there, you see some of the educational areas of focus that I touched on that for tomorrow is interested in running out of this space. So being able to, again, empower youth and their peers and other um, kind of connectors in their life to learn how to better support teens, especially when it comes to behavioral health. In regards to DEIB, um, I think you saw pretty similar um, kind of accessibility and making sure that programs are inclusive um, across all three proposals. So Boys and Girls Club did identify as an anti-racist organization. 
which really means that the organization as a whole is trying to address racism at the top all the way down to the bottom level. So looking at staffing, looking at programming, different organizational processes and systems that can kind of contribute to different inequities. So some of the specific examples that they talked about um, and how they're working towards becoming an anti-racist organization is different um, heritage month acknowledgements and celebrations. And those varied from being able to celebrate things like Black History Month and Hispanic Month to supporting women, autism awareness, as well as LGBTQ plus or Pride Month. They also touched on making sure that they're um, ensuring equitable access to programs. Um, so recognizing that youth that are living with disabilities might have different needs in order to access programs. So making sure that those services are accessible, there's ways to provide feedback and they have the resources available to make accommodations as needed. They also touched on waiving member fees that could be a barrier for youth or their families trying to access services. And then they talked about the importance of hiring staff that represent those um, that they're serving. For the why, um, they had a very similar model that they talked about. They also identify as an anti-racist organization. One of the things they touched on in their proposal is the comprehensive training that their staff receive, um, which really is around building awareness of how kind of the structure of race and poverty work together um, to really be able to support staff and understanding and being able to have empathy and provide um, appropriate services to those that are participating in programs. So some of the ways that they talked about um, that you see that kind of play out in their programs are again, heritage months, different workshops for specific populations, um, different events and field trips for youth to be able to build relationships with their peers and also gain a greater understanding of different needs and backgrounds and perspectives of those who are accessing the space. And again, really being grounded and providing services that are culturally competent, relevant and appropriate for the different youth needs that they see at their sites. And then as far as the city goes, um, you all are very well aware of the DEIB five-year roadmap. You met Erica last month at your commission meeting and you know she talked about some of the goals and objectives that the city has in order to really guide us in our efforts to meet our different goals that touch on how we're becoming more diverse, how we're becoming more equitable, how we're creating inclusive spaces and making sure folks feel like they belong. And so we want KTAB to be a symbol of that that. We want it to be an active participant in that. And so recognizing that the programs that are being offered and services proposed and the partners that we're providing to share that space um, need to be able to offer programming and services that are representative of community needs, and in particular community needs that often have not had community spaces like this. So being able to prioritize BIPOC agencies and agencies that are supporting staff and hire staff that are representative of the different communities that we want to be able to feel like they belong at KTUB. The other um, piece that you know we are all slowly moving the needle on is just general access when it comes to language and being able to communicate and market um, kind of what is available. And again, making sure that everyone feels like they're invited to share this space. 
Okay, I get this slide. Um, so I can't remember if we've mentioned this before, but the whole history of KTUB um, has had youth voice at the forefront. So it was very important for us to ask those questions um, for the proposals that were submitted. Um, so the Boys and Girls Club has a teen advisory board that's uh, countywide. And then they also have um, Keystone Clubs, which are for high school students. Um, it's a leadership type of club. They do do a lot of community service um, in the area. And um, there are other Keystone Clubs at each of the other branches. And so they do do some collaborative work as well. Um, and then they also mentioned that they uh, would partner with youth to develop and adapt the program programming and services they offered. Um, just a, a regular check-in with their participants to see if what they're providing or meeting their needs and interests. Um, for the why, um, they did um, mention a desire to engage with the Kirkland Youth Council as they had done in the past. So what that would look like would be um, regular meetings, uh, coming to regular meetings with the youth council like, to check in to see, um, you know, what the needs are, things are changing, um, that type of thing. And then similar to Boys and Girls Club to partner with the youth that are participating in the programs um, and to make sure that things are, are on target and meeting their needs. Um, for the city of Kirkland, um, the First item is to develop an advisory board um, that would include youth council reps, um, youth participants. Those, those two categories would be first priority for that um, advisory council. In addition to the youth, there'd be city staff um, and that would include both human services and recreation staff. Um, social service agencies, particularly those that potentially would be partnering with, such as YES and Port Tomorrow, um, police department, our other partner agencies, and parents of the youth that are participating in the programs at KTUB. And then to uh, also continue to engage with the Kirkland Youth Council to provide feedback on programs and service offerings. Um, I know I'm biased because I work with that group, but um, they have provided some incredible feedback, um, not just <clears throat> for the proposals that we're um, talking about tonight, but prior to the proposals even being submitted um, about what they want to see um, for, their, for themselves and for their peers. All right, I have some information on operating costs, but apologies because the dog decided that she needed to sit on my lap right now. Um, so the Boys and Girls Club is seeking a subsidy from the city of $175,000 a year. Um, and they are also interested in support from the city in marketing um, their operation at KTUB. So printing in the recreation guide, um, uh, cross promotion on social media, that sort of thing. Um, the YMCA is seeking $404,000 a year um, with the potential for this to decrease if they can get um, some grant funding. And you can see detailed um, budget information for both of these organizations and their proposals. They had some line items that they included. Um, 
The cities, we are uh, still working on our budget details. So the over $500,000 um, is a rough ballpark estimate at this point. It's expected to come down so that we can be more comparable to the other two proposals. Um, starting in 2023, we will receive ongoing funding to continue the teen programs that were piloted this last year. And all of those would roll into our operational plan at KTUB um, and the budget if we were to operate KTUB. Um, so though each model is pretty similar, the level of investment varies quite a lot at this point and the level of service um, varies. The staffing levels, there's also some differences. And again, you can see those um, in the, the detailed budget breakdown for how um, Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA is proposing um, staffing the facilities. The other kind of piece that plays into this that we haven't we haven't talked um, about yet tonight, but the city plans to fully utilize KTUB during the day by offering additional recreation programs for other age groups, such as adult fitness and preschool programs. And this would allow us to address some of the space constraints and demand that we have at uh, Peter Kirk Community Center and North Kirkland Community Center. And so those program expenses and revenue would also be built into um, KTUB's budget proposal. So there's, there's some work to do, but you can kind of get a sense of um, the variation here and the level of investment and level of service that comes with it. Um, so that was a lot that we threw at you. Um, we're going to get to the discussion in just a moment, but first want to share some next steps. Um, so this month we are continuing our evaluation process, gathering important feedback from stakeholders like you all. Um, in January, we plan to go to council um, and have an expected decision on the operator with Council um, giving that final decision between uh, external proposal, proposal and the city's operating model. And then the current lease goes through the end of May uh, 2023. And so with a, a turnaround time period that would be needed in there, we expect to have the new operator um, in KTUB sometime next summer, kind of um, some details to be figured out with the exact timing, but sometime next summer is when we expect that to open up again. All right, we've made it. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop sharing my screen briefly and I will drop these questions into the chat so folks have them for ease of access. But again, kind of marinating on the massive amount of information we just threw on you. Some of the questions we would love to touch on tonight is how do the proposed service levels compare among the three proposals? So, you know, to Sarah's point, how is the space being best leveraged? Who is it proposing to serve? In what ways? And then kind of with your kind of human services and understanding different needs of youth in the community, which programs and services should be prioritized in the space? And then if you had to, um, what your recommendations are, if we had to reduce or remove, again, to Sarah's point about the cities in particular, um, if we do need to um, reduce or remove, kind of what are the most critical services that you would want to see preserved in the space? Okay, Jonathan. Um, I was just going to set expectations first that um, 
I know the meeting was originally scheduled for an hour and we're just now getting to discussion. I have, I wrote down at least nine questions before we get to the three that you had. So um, I am hoping that uh, we can uh, go well beyond the, the hour that we originally had planned. We, we had hoped for an hour. Yeah, okay. Um, but I don't necessarily have to go first. I just wanted to make sure we were gonna have time to have all the questions answered. So if somebody else wanted to go first, that's fine. I think Jonathan might be, oh, Jory. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, let's go Jonathan and then let's, and then and then Jory. Okay, so, um, so since the YMCA did uh, run the uh, K-Tub in the past, what was, I don't recall, what was their track record? Um, and uh, what was, you know, what were the issues? You know, first of all, what was their track record? Do we know, like, you know, would we feel good about them coming back and doing it again? And why did they leave in the first place? So Reggie is probably best positioned to answer this, but I'll take a shot at it and then open it up for folks. So their lease um, was up basically right on the profit, right on the precipice of the pandemic. And at that point, the city exercised its right to not renew the lease, to really look at the space to say, what are the needs of youth? What kind of agency should be in here? What kind of comprehensive level of services need to be in here? What is the community saying? The space has been open for several decades at this point. Things have changed. How do we have this space stay relevant and appropriate and responsive to the needs of youth? And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So um, so do so we have a sense for how they were doing like, like before that happened? I mean, would we feel... How did we feel they were performing? So they, um, as we shared on the impact screen, you know, they had a pretty active amount of youth that were engaged in the space. So um, very similar proposed numbers for their proposal for um, the future lease um, and very similar numbers for the Boys and Girls Club. So I think in looking at um, kind of the drop-in programming with the Friday evenings and the summer camps, that's in alignment with what we would expect and hope to see from a provider that's operating in that space with that kind of model. I don't know okay. if Sarah or Reggie have anything to add. All said. And then um, what advantages or disadvantages do we see for the city to run versus two groups that this is what they do for their primary core business? I think, sorry, I don't want to dominate answering questions. So Sarah, Reggie, feel Go free to jump in or Annie and Amanda. Um, I think to your point, um, this is in their wheelhouse to operate a teen center. I think where the city has an advantage, Sarah touched on right before we wrapped up, which is being able to leverage the different programs and activities that we have department-wide to be able to use the space during the day um, for services and programs that maybe don't have a space right now and being able to provide more holistic services for parents and families, things like that. However, that comes at a higher cost for the city to operate that versus contracting that work out. Mm -hmm. um, so the, that's one of the questions that council will look at when they're looking at the different proposals is kind of those service level comparisons and then the city investment and in what's needed in order to maybe have more programs and services offered during the day. Um, and they'll have to figure out kind of what that balance should be. Okay. 
And is there any um, concern about there being a conflict of the interest where for the city to decide on a city proposal? I, so this has come up a few times and I know we talked about this um, when we first kind of brought the idea of KTUB um, to the commission. I think in a lot of ways, looking at the external proposals that come at a lower cost to the city and its experts that know how to run one is a huge advantage. And so um, again, it's up to council to kind of figure out what they want those service levels to look like um, and being able to compare the two. I don't know if Sarah, Reggie, or anyone else on the team have anything to add. I'll just add that, you know, the evaluation team um, of the external proposals and the team who is developing the city's proposal has overlap, um, which might be what you're getting at. But I, it's also the same group of city staff who is most well equipped to evaluate these proposals and to develop a proposal to operate itself. So um, I, I, um, I, I, I see that. And I think that is the right team to have to um, to to look at how best to operate KTUB. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm almost done. And then one thing I thought was missing from all of them was outreach into um, black and brown, you know, communities, uh, the gay community of kids. And cause you know, like how do we, I'm just trying to think back, you know, a couple of years ago when I was a high schooler or a kid in school and and like certain things had like almost like a, um, a, a like they, oh, those, the kids are like this, go there. Or, you know, like that's that's not for me. Like they're, they're almost click-based, if you will. So how do we make sure that this is a place that draws that diversity of the community in, that it doesn't become branded as, you know, um, you know, the jocks or, you know, the, or, you know, the, the whatever kids, you know what I mean? Like the popular kids or, you know what I mean? Like that it has, um, is able to bring in different, I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying, but kind of that community, how do we do outreach into the schools to the different uh, social groups in the schools to create awareness and, 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 um, and help them find their niche there or their, their home there, if you will. Has, has that been thought about like that outreach? It's, it's something that we, um, we asked about in the interview process and, um, and I think both Boys and Girls Club and YMCA have plans for this, but they also both acknowledge that during the first six months, like, you know, if, if one of them were awarded in January, they would take those first six months before KTUB opens to really polish that marketing and outreach plan and reach youth, reach BIPOC youth, reach um, underserved youth, reach LGBTQ plus youth. Mm -hmm. um, and, and likewise with the city, um, I mentioned the outdoor recreation uh, programs that we piloted this summer, and that was largely through a, a grant fund that we received specifically to target underserved youth. And um, our team worked really closely with Reggie to outreach to schools, um, to uh, Latino groups at Juanita High School, to um, BIPOC groups at Lake Wash at different, various high schools, to connect with school counselors, to um, give referrals to students to participate in this program. So we we do have great, the city has great connections to do that as well and can mm -hmm. leverage some of those existing um, contacts and resources. Cool. And if there's anything else that folks wanna add. One of the things we did not include in the presentation, but was in the proposals and is in the city's proposal as well, is also partner agencies that these different groups are going to work with. So many of them touched on partnering with Youth Eastside Services that 
this group has recommended funding to support outreach for Black and African-American youth specifically. So those programs are in place and we would expect those to be leveraged to be able to target specific populations that we want to make sure have access um, to this space in particular. And I would also mention that staff, um, also BIPOC staff who were present in some of the interviews and and I think that was something that I think both had um, representation, at least at the, in, at the interviews. And I do know that um, Kendrick, I believe, was the um, there for Boys and Girls Club, um, <clears throat> who um, is Black and um, has been working there for a while. So... So I think that that we did touch on that. And I think we actually asked that specific question, like, how, how are you planning on doing that? So oh. they both had very um, um, specific plans and they already have like databases. They already have folks that they're working with and, and really clearly word of mouth though, I think is really important as opposed to what traditional outreach would be for other communities word of mouth is very important in communities of color. So um, so I think that is one of the things I think um, it would be seeing something that not that maybe many folks are not used to seeing or used to that kind of approach to to outreach. Cool. And my last thing is just um, I think it's really important as we launch KTUB 2.0 is to look back at really what was missing, what was um, what we would do different this time and have and have that really um, you know be vulnerable about uh, the challenges or issues or, or the communities we missed and why did we miss them and do some you know critical thinking about like how do we fix that this time um, would be my only other comment. Thanks you guys for my your patience with all my questions. Great, thank you so much, Jonathan. Next up, we have Jory, then MJ, then Michelle. Should we um, have Michelle go next if she has to yeah. leave? Yeah, it looks like yeah. Michelle, let's uh, yeah, let's go with uh, let's go with Michelle and uh, enjoy them, MJ. Thank you. So sorry, I have something I have to get to that I just can't get out. Um, so I guess my the only thing that was like striking me and that maybe other people have uh, have thoughts on was that if I was looking at the difference between, I mean, all three programs really looked very comprehensive and and had so many great pieces components to them. The one thing that looked different was that the Y had this focus on uh, youth at risk, it looked like. And so I just, you know, wondered how other people feel about, well, you know, is that, you know, would that be a priority maybe? I mean, that's one way to look at it. I mean, all these programs can be beneficial to so many youth, but I did wonder uh, if that could be beneficial to have a place that is so focused on youth who are at risk in one way or another. And, you know, it, it, it's a hard call and I don't have a clear answer, but that did stand out to me as, as one of the options I think that we're uh, considering. And it's true that schools, that the schools do have a lot of extracurriculars that a lot of the mainstream youth may be finding advantageous. So 
I don't know. I, I wonder what other people think about whether that would make sense to use KTUB as a focus for that. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's my, my question to all of you. Um, I think that the YMCA stood out to me when we talked about, I think it was um, social justice or equity and justice. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but uh, out of the three, that was the organization that I felt differentiated itself the most. Um, I also was originally going to ask a question. If the city... Um, if uh, the city of Kirkland doesn't run KTUB, could it perhaps use facilities at schools to offer the services it wants to offer um, at the schools themselves, if possible? Um, I don't know if we can answer that now or later, but that, that was the thought I had. can't answer that really quickly. The, so the um, we know that our service package that was approved for the piloted teen programs that will continue. And that's not something that's dependent on KTUB. We don't, we don't necessarily need another facility to do like the outdoor recreation programs and a summer mobile recreation program and cooking classes and things like that. Um, so those would continue at other facilities. We, um, we have not uh, looked at providing programs in schools because because there are a lot that are existing already, but that's definitely something that we could explore more. Thank on you. the social services side, these would be additional offerings on top of what we currently fund. So um, if we were not invited to operate this space, those programs would not be offered. They would require additional funding to those agencies. So they could do it out of their current operations, but it would require more funding. I, and and I also I just want to add because it's interesting we we kind of had a little bit of a conversation I think the term at risk is that's a hard one because what does that mean and I think often that's a racialized term of who is at risk as one layer. Um, and, and also I would ask what is main, what are mainstream, mainstream youth? What is, so, I mean, I, I, I think to, to some extent, just, just by the fact that young people are young people, they're, they're always, um, you know, challenging situations for them, um, on many levels. So I just want to put that out there. Cause I think that that term, like a lot of other terms, um, is one that I'm challenged by. And when I hear that, and what does that mean? So, cause I, I think that, you know, having gone through what youth have gone through over the last two, almost three years, I, I think that, you know, how we categorize, you know, youth being more at risk um, is, is much different. And we're seeing like a spectrum of young people falling into those categories. Thank you. Okay. Um, MJ. Um, I just say quickly and follow up to that, that seems like all the more reason to choose a provider that has a trauma focus um, in terms of how it works with youth. I also wanted to give um, some different 
background on KTUB for folks who don't follow kind of um, policing misconduct news, um, that a few months before the city non-renewed the YMCA, um, a police officer came into KTUB and violently arrested a black 14-year-old boy, throwing him on the ground. Um, and when the director of the YMCA asked the police what was happening and where they were taking him, they swore at the director and threatened to arrest him and then cited him, actually. So he was referred for charges, I guess, um, for asking where the kid was going. Um, and it was the, the YMCA sort of leaked that story, I guess, after it had had conversations with the city of Kirkland trying to sort of come to some sort of agreement about it. And they eventually gave up and said Kirkland was not um, amenable to really trying to work through the situation with them. And the city only found wrongdoing in that the police officer used the F word. That was the only thing they found wrongdoing in. And the police officer's apology note also calls the 14-year-old a young man, which is, again, sort of a racialized, problematic thing where children are seen as adults. Um, so because of my sort of involvement with that stuff, I have been asked by several members of the community whether I thought the contract was non-renewed um, because the YMCA spoke out against the city and that it was the city was punishing the YMCA. So I just want to give that to the city folks as a background that that is something that there is a perception of. I don't actually think those two things are related, but I think that that perception is out there. Given that background, I would be incredibly disappointed if the city doesn't award this to the YMCA. My understanding is they were doing a great job before um, lockdown happened. Um, they were serving a huge number of students and pretty predominantly BIPOC students. Um, the director um, was black. He was a high school dropout with lived experience with lots of trauma that the students have experienced as well. Um, I just, I never heard anything bad about the program, I guess. And so I know this isn't sort of responding to the questions, but like knowing that background, I just cannot fathom why the city would not renew with the YMCA. Um, I guess my question to you, um, which I had emailed Reggie, but it really stood out to me that the Boys and Girls Club said that they agreed with the city's focus on um, having a police presence there and getting youth used to police, which given that background seems really problematic and concerning to me. Um, so I really wanted to know what the city was looking for in terms of police presence there and um, the idea that youth should be getting used to police presence. Yeah. So I'm going to go back in time um, and give you, I'll just be really honest, like a fairly bureaucratic answer as to why you'll see this in the proposals. So um, the city's comprehensive plan has different sections and elements that talk about different ways to overall enhance the quality of life of residents. Um, I believe this version that this specific objective I'm going to talk about has been in there for decades, according to my historian on the team. So um, there is the human services element that touches on kind of different services and priority populations. So one of those populations is youth. 
Um, and one of the sub objectives within providing youth and having them, you know, feel part of the community and supported is a relationship with the police department. And that is where that is stemming from. I think we're in a space where there has been a lot of evolution in how the community sees police and how the police see themselves and how those two things work together. And I think everyone recognizes that the comp plan most likely should go through revision. So again, it is appropriate and relevant to the current needs of the community. The positive is we are literally doing that right now with the comp plan. So the human services element is being looked at right now by a consultant in the planning team, and they're actually set to come to the commission for feedback in 2023. So this is the time to really look at those things and say, does this still make sense? Is this achieving a core component of the city's mission and making all residents feel safe, especially when we're applying an equity lens, right? So um that's why you see that in there um is within the rfp that was released um we touched on the different things within the comp plan that ktub is supposed to accomplish and that is one of the things so again very bureaucratic answer but that is kind of the history as to why you're seeing that relationship there and i would add that every applicant had that element Yes. So it wasn't just Boys and Girls Club. The Y had that element as well. Yeah, the thing that stood out about the Boys and Girls Club is that they specifically called out that the city had asked for that. So that's why it was. And we did. Yeah. And we asked them that specifically in their interviews as well. Um, and they talked about what they currently do, what they could do in the future. But, but it was prompted by the city. Yes. Okay. Thank you, MJ. Um, I had a question. Um, I have a question and then Gabby. Um, so my question is that it seems like the city will be outsourcing to other kind of partners and agencies around, around here uh, for those programs. I think one of the more interesting comments or observations I've had is that I do like that space being used throughout the day and that if the city was to operate that space, um, we don't, you don't need to fill the entire day, like immediately, right? Like that's my understanding because of certain budgetary, you know, constraints, et cetera. So can you kind of help me kind of play through, like if we were to go with, let's say like a non-city agency to operate the after school programs, can the city still operate that space before, like doing school hours, I guess, or doing a day? That it depends. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's something that we'd have to negotiate with whoever that that top proposal um, organization would be. Because the other the other two organizations did have some plans to utilize the space. The Boys and Girls Club talked about using it for um, staff uh training um around mental health first aid and trauma-informed care um and also renting the facility for you know meetings and whether it's city meetings or community meetings or boys and girls club you know board or advisory board meetings um 
And they talked about renting it out to other organizations to provide recreational opportunities. So whether that's a city or they they have interest in bringing in another organization to do that. Um, and the YMCA talked about um, some similar things, but um, primarily using it for kind of staff prep time, administrative time, um, that sort of thing, and really having the drop-in hours be the the primary program element. So that's something we'd have to we'd have to kind of uh, sort out. Yeah, and and the last comment that I have is that just from a programming perspective, I think they're all they all very similar with some kind of unique flavors. And I think what also stood out is that from a city services perspective, I do, I, when I read that programming, I felt it is more what we've been or what I've been hearing from the youth council in terms of like the youth needs, like a bit more responsive around like, you know, finance, you know, financial literatures, you know, literacy, um, uh, you know, work readiness, you know, job readiness, you know, basically how do you, how do you, how do you be, become an adult, right? How do you become independent, independence? And, and so I don't, I don't know if some of those, I mean, some of those big programs were, were, were reflected in each of the other agencies, but not as comprehensive. Uh, another comment that um, I have is uh, just kind of echoing some of the comments that been made by other commissioners, you know, I think, you know, how can we ensure that, you know, the right pockets of youth can be can be outreached to to see you know to know that this is available because i think you know the two big agencies have their own audiences right um and i think it's great that they're able to bring those audiences into these programmings but what i don't know is are there are they are overlooking certain pockets of populations that that are um that could really benefit from these programs so i think those would be my um my comments um, Gabby. <laughs> Do you want to try calling in? Yeah. Um, I think we have a call-in number. That should be in the invite. Yeah, I can paste it. As Gildas is doing that, are there any other additional comments? I've heard some themes loud and clear, but if there's anything that hasn't been mentioned yet. If you're looking for uh, recommendations, if I was to have to make a call tonight on which one I would award to, I would be going with um, the YMCA based on having read the packet and the discussion tonight. MJ. Um, one question I had that we haven't, we sort of touched on with the city is, to what extent are these services going to be offered by these organizations, even if they don't get the bid? Because I know Boys and Girls Club has a facility already. It sounds like you were saying they wanna be able to expand you know, be able to expand their program by having this extra space. The city is already offering some things, but obviously not everything. The Y just doesn't have a presence here, right? They're in Bellevue? They're in Bellevue, North Shore. Okay.
And you were spot on about the Boys and Girls Club, so I wasn't going to add anything. Looks like Gabby's still trying to phone home. I wonder if that participant code is only, like is unique for individuals? I guess the other thing I would say that we haven't brought up is um, I really like the idea of bilingual services that the city proposed. Um, that's something that neither of the other two talked about, and it seems increasingly important. What, yeah. What services? Bilingual services, at least Spanish and English. I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's still not everything. Yeah, the other two, and correct me if I'm wrong, for those who evaluated the proposals, but actually don't think that either the Y or Boys and Girls Club talked about language access. I know for this city, um, for tomorrow, um, has staff that um, are both Spanish and Portuguese speaking, which I don't think I mentioned earlier. Um, so being able to support the Brazilian community here in Kirkland, and then YES um, has made it a point to hire clinicians providing mental health services that speak both Spanish and English um, to be able to, again, support Latinx youth, um, recognizing that there are not a lot of options to access those specific services. If we can't get Gabby connected, one of us can always call her tomorrow and kind yeah. of collect her feedback or have her email it too. I just did a quick search on the whole packet. The word language, the word translation, um, the word Spanish don't show up at all. None of those words show up. Translation, language, Spanish, just for kicks. So am I hearing that should be a priority when we're looking at kind of waiting things? I think that would be access. A, yeah, language access. Yeah. I will say, um, I think it was the why, the why I talked about. They do have a demographic section on their staff and they did talk about staff that speak different languages. If I'm recalling, I could be wrong, but I do believe they talked about that when they shared out the different demographics of their staff. The word communication shows up seven times, but no, not specific to anything like what we're talking about. Okay. I'm stalling as Gabby's trying to call <laughs> in, but I also want to be mindful of everyone's time. And I know this was a special meeting. If there are other items that pop up that you think about, please send them our way. Um, like Sarah mentioned, we are in the process of finalizing the city's proposal. Um, and then we do uh, plan on going to council in January with the top external proposal um, or both, and then the city's proposal. So I would invite you if you're interested to attend that meeting. Um, if you'd like, 
Um, or again, if you have any questions in the meantime, feel free to reach out and Gabby will connect with you. I'm sorry that you're not able to participate because I want to hear what you have to say. Um, but yeah, Sarah, I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add. I was going to see if Gabby wanted to type it into the type questions or comments into the chat, depending on how much you mm. have to share, but that's something else we could <laughs> okay that's fair <laughs> I don't know if it would work but what if Gabby called one of the other like commissioners and they just put on speakerphone let's try it uh, Gabby do you want to call me and give it a shot it better be good Gabby <laughs> <laughs> after all this Gabby has nothing but good questions now the pressure's on <laughs> Yeah, I hope this works because if just the staff talks to her, then we don't get to that's true. benefit from those questions. And I always benefit from Gabrielle's yeah. questions. Okay, Gabby, can you uh, talk to the phones? Let's see if it works. Uh, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say that I um, will be uh, comments about the YMCA. I think it's the organization that it's mentioned. I found it uh, they say they, they their uh, employees or their staff have to be bilingual and bicultural. So they do include it. And that's it I found it in their proposal. So for me the, the main thing for me that needs to be included is mental health. If possible, substance uh, so, abuse, because that's a problem that we're seeing in, in youth, regardless of BIPOC, no BIPOC, that's a problem that goes across the board. Crisis uh, intervention. Uh, of course, when I think about bicultural, bilingual, and the staff that reflects the community that are serving. And first the question about the proposal from the city. Uh, isn't it going to be difficult because we're not going to be the only one actually operating or providing the services there? You are talking about two other organizations like for tomorrow and YS, if I got it correctly. So how are you going to put together or align Two organizations that are going to be part of the review and to focus the effort. Uh, because YMCA or both actors are going to focus the effort of all their staff in, in, in their programs, right? But then you are going to have to consolidate, coordinate two organizations for this. And maybe that's also part of the increase in the cost. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but maybe that's also part of the extra cost. And maybe, you know, I don't know how difficult it's going to be to put your arms around to all organizations to put this effort through. Okay. I'm going to repeat what you said. Dory, if you can mute. Awesome. I'm going to repeat what I think your question was. If you can just acknowledge it, because there was a little bit of echo. 
So um, you had talked about how one of the things that's different about the city's proposal is YES for tomorrow and then city staff all sharing a roof and how the heck we're going to coordinate that, right? That's a new adventure that Sarah's team and our team is embracing and trying to figure out what that balance looks like. It's not something that we've done before. Um, and it, there, I think, are a lot of opportunities. And there's also ways that we're going to have to work together and making sure that we are able to create a space that, to all of your point, that different youth from different backgrounds want to access that space, feel comfortable accessing that space, and it's a safe place for everyone. And that's youth who are accessing recreation programs, they're there to foster social connections, maybe they're there for mental health services. And so I think it is going to be a learning curve in figuring out how to do it and how to do it well and appropriate and centered with youth voice and perspective. So um it, it is going to require work. And I don't think Sarah and I have a, a clear answer on how we're going to do that, which is part of the reason why the proposal is still kind of in development is figuring out what that balance is. And that's why we're here tonight to try to get a sense of, okay, here's kind of the things we need to prioritize and wait. And then if the city is selected to operate We'd have six months to sit down with those groups and figure out how does each group kind of serve youth in a way that is appropriate with the space they need, storage, things like that, and allowing them to provide adequate, adequate service levels, whether it's city for tomorrow or YES. So Sarah, I don't know if you have anything to add. That was a little rambly, but I think that was your question, Gabby, right? Okay. I no, I, I think Jen, you said it really well. This this is something new, but I, I think um we have an opportunity to provide a really unique level of service to to serve as many youth as possible at Kirkland through um programs and services that we're we're talking about in this proposal. But yeah, it is something that's going to take work that we're going to have to figure out. It's going to require a lot of collaboration and communication. And um we're we're excited about the potential opportunity. You have more questions, Gabby? Okay. Right. Well, thank you all for this really, really good conversations. Um, really take take in the fact that um, a lot of, you know, all of us really good points and actually spur a lot of thinking in my head. So um, I hope, you know, uh, Jen, Sarah, you know, Annie and Reggie, like you've heard some good input today from us and oh and Amanda you heard some good inputs from up today and that that helps in your kind of next step in the process uh so with that um I think we're ready to move on to the next uh section in our agenda which is our regular kind of commissioner's report so I'm going to open up open this floor up and ask if there are any commissioner reports to uh give out okay um, I, I did want to uh, call a quick quick note that I did sit in on um, on the interviews for our uh, youth members and, and one um, uh, uh, commissioner. Uh, while I cannot say who uh, have, have been nominated, um, we interviewed uh, uh, a few. Um, and I, I have to say, 
very, very strong candidates throughout, uh, throughout all, uh, all the candidates. So um, whichever, whichever one the city uh, decides to um, uh, pick, I think we're in, we're going to be uh, in a stronger position. So I really look forward uh, in, uh, in uh, seeing their decision and meeting the new person. Yes, Jory. And Jen and the rest of the staff, is it possible that we keep, uh, just basically keep their, their contact information so when we have more terms that come up, we, I don't know if uh, it's appropriate to reach out to them as a city, but at least having like a pool of names, so like there were strong candidates, like is like when the time comes, uh, if we could encourage them to reapply. So what they'll do is um, they will make a recommendation to have an alternate. So if there is another position that opens up kind of before 2024, that person would be invited to see if they're still interested in taking the vacant seat. Um, if not, they would have to go back through the similar process. Um, I actually don't know as part of the recruitment if they send out notifications to previous applicants, but we can ask the city clerk's office. Thank you. Okay, all right. Uh, I think that's it for the commissioner reports. Any staff reports or announcements? I was just gonna provide some feedback that I've heard from council after receiving your thank you note for the grant funding. So I ran into council member Curtis yesterday and she was like, we don't get thanked very often. So it's really nice to be thanked and we're so grateful for the commission's work. So um, I think it meant a lot to them, um, recognizing the work that they had to do and providing direction to the city manager to move stuff around and make the magic happen in order to fund the grants. So um, just wanted to let you know that that was well received and very thoughtful. So good recommendation, Gabby. Thank yes, you. all credit goes to Gabby. That was a well-written note. So thank you. Okay, all right. So with that, um, I'm gonna let you all go. Um, so can I, before we do, can I have a motion to adjourn the meeting? No one wants to go. So move. I always have to do it. <laughs> All right. Do I hear a second? Second. All right. Well, uh, so I'm calling the meeting adjourning at uh, 8.04 p.m. And just wishing you all happy holidays. And uh, see you all next year, 2023. All right. See you later. Stay safe, stay Thank warm, you. and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.